Welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts Chris Noble and Bill Paratzman. In today's episode, we give you how-to for creating your own therapeutic healing music experience, whether that is to support a plant medicine journey, an inspirational creative endeavor, or assist with a necessary transformational moment in your life. We preview this with a few personal anecdotes around the creative and spiritual aspects of whole plant medicine, responsible use, and the amazing research being done around non-magic mushrooms. The core of the episode is a deep dive into how we, as musicians, use our music personally to give ourselves holistic care. Once you've heard this episode, you'll have a new understanding of how to use the music you love more skillfully. We'll be talking about all that and much, much more, as always, in these open conversations here on Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness. There was an event in L.A. last weekend called Music as Medicine, and they had four of the Ooh. top psychedelic music composers there. Uh, John Hopkins. John Hopkins. Yep, nice. yep. I you, you'd relate to that. And yeah. three others, and they did like a live thing. Where these guys premiered their albums and there were people, you know, you could lie on the floor in whatever state of mind you wanted to be. And um, it was a great thing. It was put on by a company from Canada who's out there building pods for psychedelic use. Wow. So their idea is, you know, you go through their storefront, you register check-in and you get hours in a pod with a playlist and whatever substance you brought with you, I guess. Although I suppose oh in God. Canada, that means magic mushrooms and, um, they're doing some great work. I should put that, that in the show notes or at least get it back to you. And maybe I should start this over again because this has nothing to do with what we want to talk about. But Well, uh, I mean, I don't know, uh, to be honest, because I think I would want to hear this uh, if I was listening to this show. Yeah, you it's pretty cool. Let, let us know if this is not at all what we're really going to be talking about today. But I think Bill's on to some really great information here because uh, – before and and just so for those listening, you know we're, we are going to talk about how to create your own therapeutic music experience in this episode. But um, I was talking to maybe a month ago to a therapist in Oregon, and she's getting her. She's a part of the first wave of therapists getting trained, yeah, uh, officially in psilocybin assisted therapy. And so I was t- sending her some of my uh, music, my YouTube channel with all the 432 hertz stuff and the binaural beats and everything like that. And so she's going to start using that with her patients, um, with and without the psilocybin therapy. But I'm really curious to see how this continue, continues to evolve. What you just said there is like, I mean, I didn't hear it, but that's mind-blowing. Isn't that amazing to me? That's I mean, so cool. And, you know, I get it. So there's like a continuum here of people who just want to do mushrooms on their own, you know, with whatever thing they want. And then there's the sort of protocol that's coming out of Johns Hopkins and the research studies, you know, with the specific music list. And this is what happens at hour one. This is what happens. This is what you have to do as a facilitator. Here are the rules. Like, you know, it's really structured. And so somewhere in between all of that (laughs) are the rest of us. And um, that ranges from everything from like sort of a spiritual religious use to a completely clinical therapeutic use to um, recreational recreational you know which i'm not a fan of that with psilocybin but i understand in other areas like you know we've been using um mdma forever and raves yeah and so there are places where uh, you know recreational use does make sense i would say for me with my experience with recreational which has been very mixed certainly and i would say that psilocybin is one of the ones that i'm the most hesitant to use recreationally but when I've had success and had really wonderful experiences, it's usually been with creating something, whether it's music or painting, things like that. And I yeah. wouldn't, I mean, it is very therapeutic, but I wouldn't say it was done a therapeutic way. It was done very recreationally. It was done for fun, um, just done with no real goal in mind, just to, just to kind of explore. So that's been nice, especially if you're in a safe, comfortable environment. Um, I definitely recommend that for people. Painting, actually, and this is coming yeah. from a musician here, but I would say, Painting is is just mind blowing when you're on mushrooms. It's so fun, and your inner child is just just running the show. And it's uh, you do feel like you're in kindergarten in paint class all over again. And and in this this idea of having to be a painter goes well out of your brain, and you're just creating cool textures. It's really fun. I'd love to share some more detail on that because I've through observation had a lot of experience watching painters who are drunk, (laughs) 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 create stuff. And it's true what Chris is saying, people, because when you, whatever you do to remove the filters, right? Yeah. 
um, reduce the inhibitions and, and not in a bad way, not in a way that, you know, offends your boundaries or whatever, but in a way that just releases you to connect more deeply with the inner child or the intuition or whatever, you know, you want to call it yeah. God, um, whatever it is, that's a good thing. And I've experienced that myself. I, I like to play in the park, right? So I haul the whole keyboard and amp and stuff and battery <laughs> out awesome. there. And, it, you know, I have a limited amount of time because the battery only lasts so long, <laughs> But I decided one day to, to also take a vape. And before I started playing, it didn't get like completely, totally blasted high, but I, I got like loose. Nice. And it was so easy to play that day. And things happened that I wish I'd recorded. So it, the, T, the THC component, if you're talking about the vape specifically. Yes, yes, cannabis. Yeah. So the THC component I've, I've really come to realize is the THC specifically, now we're not talking CBD. CBD is great for a lot of other things, but the THC is truly the spiritual component of, of cannabis. And, and what I mean even more by that is it really opens up the right brain a lot. And that's why, you know, cannabis and music or any art form are a beautiful synthesis. I mean, they, they just go together so damn well. That's why I can probably never stop <laughs> smoking exactly. cannabis and, and writing music it's just it's i don't do it all the time but man when i do you really um like you said you go places you would never have expected inhibitions gone you're very open and you just let in these amazing uh, ideas that do come in especially when you've got that not too high either you know you don't want to go too much yeah, you don't want to go too far it's that happy balance that you can uh, and it's almost done now when i smoke especially if i'm collaborating with another artist and we'll actually um, do a little mini ceremony before we create together and we'll get really intentional we'll light it up take a couple of puffs usually not even finish usually the full joint or or, or vape and then get right into it and oh man it's uh, it is fun it's really yeah, fun. It's, fun is definitely the word, right? Yeah, it is it's just the fun. definition of fun. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never experienced any of the downside of, uh, you know, sort of paranoia or overthinking stuff that happens on some sativas for me. But in that sweet spot, it's it's really sweet. It's and really sweet. and one more. We're, we're, I know we're going to get into our other topic soon, but I'm, <laughs> you're giving me so many ideas here because for the listeners, you know, and I, I, I got to talk to this company one day. Uh, because I keep advocating for this particular strand. It's my all-time favorite, favorite strand of cannabis. It's called Mango Haze. And the reason why is because it's the best split of CBD and THC I've been able to come across. And it's almost a 50-50 split uh, THC, uh, CBD. And it's not a small dose, but it's not a high dose. It's this beautiful middle kind of uh, amount. I think it's like 20 milligrams of THC and like 17 milligrams CBD. For reference, most of the um, pre-rolls or most of the cannabis that you'll buy at a dispensary, we're talking, and I mean like 99.9% .9 of them have about 1% CBD to 0% CBD in them. Most of them, almost all of them. I mean, if you're going to get a bit higher, you're talking three, 4%. That's it. This is like 17 um, or not percent, I'm sorry, I'm talking milligrams. So this is 17. This is way higher CBD count. And all my friends that are like, oh, I get really anxious when I smoke. I'm like, great, try this one. Because the reason we get anxious is, is more on the THC side. But when we've got a high dose of CBD, oh my God, it balances it out beautifully. Yeah. And so it, it, because CBD helps reduce anxiety, you're not really going to get any from smoking that, but then you'll get a little of the THC. So your right brain opens up, you get more of the spiritual aspects of it, but then you get the CBD, like your muscles feel better. You get that relaxing feeling. You feel a bit more euphoric and it's, it's like my go, go, go to, I almost don't smoke anything else anymore. Mango Hands, company's called Color. Now that we've managed to, uh, you know, divulge the actual component I'm sure somebody's going to patent that strain and then we won't be able to get it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then that gets into a whole other thing with like organic, organic cannabis, because yep. now that there's so much getting grown now, it's, there's a lot of GMOs just like with our food. So now we've yep. got to go down the same avenue as we do with our food, which is fine, you know, but it's something to be conscious of too, is like, you know, is your weed really actually that healthy for you? And these days that's a big question. We don't know, don't exactly know. And um, it's good. There is organic strains coming out too. So, you know, keep your eyes open for that, depending on what state you live in, of course. Exactly. <laughs> if you live in the state of confusion or the Democratic <laughs> Socialist Republic of California, where I do. Oh, my God. Oh, the man. state regulators will tell you what you can use. Yeah. 
And so uh, just grow it yourself at that yeah, point. So grow it yourself. <laughs> and and you can buy seeds from who? <laughs> <laughs> hey, up here in BC, you totally can. Come on, come up to oh, us. Come on, America. <laughs> Stop being so damn free and start doing the right thing. <laughs> oh, I did, did I say that? Uh, We're recording this, aren't we? Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> I, I, I think it's important. You, you, you listeners let us know if, if we're rambling too much about incoherentness. But I, I, I think it's important. I think a lot of people don't know a lot about these things. And, uh, and I, think, I think especially with cannabis and, uh, you know, the, sort, the whole psychedelic realm of, um, of, of ther- therapeutics, but also of recreational use, you know, we're, we're just opening up a beautiful new world of these things. But that comes with responsibility. It comes with uh, in- information. You know, my God, do I wish I had some of this information when I first started my mushroom journey and my yeah, MDMA? And wasn't there? No, no. You learned from now. you learned from your mistakes. Yeah, you learned from your mistakes, right? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> what's yeah, like, plenty what's of those. His name? Uh, Mr. Mushroom guy uh, with his heroic dose sitting at the top of a tree. Uh, yes, I love that. And the fantastic fun guy. Great, yeah. great, great film. And he's forget his name too. He was on the Joe Rogan show. He's amazing. What a wealth of knowledge he is too. And because again, that's now getting into mushrooms, not magic mushrooms. We're talking every fathomable mushroom on the planet where he cured his mother's cancer yeah. with uh, a particular strain of mushroom. I mean, there every every problem that or every problem has a solution already existing on this planet and within somebody's mind. I'm convinced of that. And just because we love to focus on how effed we are, <laughs> I no. think we're I think we're actually um, in good hands as long as we can just you know come together and exchange information. And I guarantee you, there's some geniuses out here who have a brilliant plan with how to help with climate change. There's technology that's going to help with that, but then there's also like the medicine that literally sprouts out of the ground that we can be using. You know, so too many solutions. I I think we're just we're just ignoring them more. You know. Well, you know, we've survived this long. Somehow. Somehow or another. (laughs) I have a friend that likes to say the only reason we've survived is because it just takes a little bit, you know, of grace to tip it over the edge. And that counteracts all the crazy. Mm. So somebody out there somewhere is doing what we need next. You know, right now, they already know. And it's so great to have trusted that for well over 6,000 years or maybe longer, 16, 60,000 years in some estimations. I mean, the Egyptians did a great job yep. way before we came along and tried to explain everything in terms of science and evidence. So, yep. uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> if 100%. you're listening to this show. <laughs> Bill and Chris are going off on a lot of tangents, but you yeah. know what? I, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself and I sometimes those are my favorite episodes. So exactly. I am happy to keep that. But for those of you listening, we will – we can get back on track. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the actual track here isn't that difficult. But, you know, we did that last time we got together. We were talking about Stranger Things. Yes. And how this amazing musical moment happens that's life-saving and affirming for uh, one of the major characters in there. Literally the shadow journey. Yeah. And I, I talked about Orpheus and all of that. And I got it wrong last time. It's Orpheus and Eurydice. It's not Orpheus and Persephone. Persephone is... Oh, that's um, right. She she stays there, but it's Eurydice. And you were talking about how they were walking out of Hades and Orpheus had to agree he wouldn't turn around to see if she was following. And they got almost all the way back and he turns around and loses her forever. So mm. uh, just to offer that as a correction, but this, this, uh, in, this crazy episode of Stranger Things, I read somewhere recently that walking up that hill, which is the song that's involved here, has suddenly exploded. Yeah, big time. It's huge. And there's a whole bunch of memes out there, you know, people going, well, what is my song, you know, or, you know, how come this song doesn't work for me? And um, so what we wanted to kind of explore today, if you're still with us at this point, after all, all of our, <laughs> and let's take another tangent just to make them, no, let's not. Nah. Um, <laughs> this guy. It's like, how do you create your own therapeutic experience with music? And we're going to stay with music, although, hey, feel free to throw in on whatever, you know, psychedelic or other, you know, exper- parts of the experience you want to add. But if we keep it to just music, it should be pretty easy to do because there ought to be no confusion about why the Duffer brothers used music in this episode of Stranger Things to call the character Max back from the upside down to the real world. Mm. That should be obvious to everyone. And obviously in social media, it's not yet that obvious. So, um, I mean, we don't have to unpack how music works, but how do we use music to create a lifeline 
Mm. you know, where we need one. And, and I want to stay focused on the lifeline because everybody knows how to use music for exercise and sleep and, you know, all the other sure. things. Yeah. And, and people are advancing that you're, yourself, you're advancing that world when it comes to memory and things like that. Mm. But let's talk about like the hard things, suicide, death, yeah. self-harm. How do you create a musical lifeline that can help you navigate through those journeys? And, and I think that's what our sort of objective here. Ought to be. Can I speak for you? That's what our objective is going to be. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I'm with you, hundred percent. And you know, I got to say, the first thing that just popped into my mind as as you were giving this introduction, essentially for the listeners, is that you know, I think a great place to start. And it's not the only place to start. And I know we're going to have some different ideas of of where you can go with this. But think back in your earlier life, let's say childhood, perhaps. Um, and it's good to go back to childhood or teenagehood, let's say at the latest, um, because. As we know with trauma, usually the most difficult and the most long-lasting trauma are the ones from deep, deep, deep back into childhood, right? Um, I've experienced some pretty rough traumas much, much later in my life, and I kind of worked through them way faster because I had the tools and I had the know-how and I had the experience. But the traumas that happen when we're children are a lot more um, deeper within us. And that's why they take that much more time to kind of work out. But then the good news is, is that we can also use that to our advantage. And if you've got a song from your childhood that you've used to escape perhaps some tough times um, or you've used to celebrate or if you just you have a certain if you can think of a certain song from your childhood, um, then I think that might be a good way to start because you're not just listening to a, a great song. You're listening to a song with extreme nostalgia and perhaps that um, idea of like, well, it got me out of that before. It can get me out of that again. And so I have a couple of songs for myself because I don't know if there's always just that one song. And I oh, don't no, think I we... Think it I'd like to see a song for every reason, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think for the listeners too, it's like, you know, we don't have to just um, focus in on that one. This is our only one song. No, I think we should like, you know, anything that comes to mind is worth exploring, you know, and, and what actually brought this into my mind was not music. It was, well, it was the Lord of the Rings film trilogy because that was my lifeline for so many moments throughout my, my entire life. Cause I've gone back in tough times and watched those films, but as anyone who knows those films, the music plays an integral role. And it, if I listen to the, just the soundtrack of Lord of the Rings, it does pretty much the exact same job. My my teary eyes always come on at the same moments at the same time in those songs because of the same scenes that I know are happening in the film. But um, I think that would be a really great place to start. And I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Bill, but like because we there's so much weight with the things that have uh, happened to us in our childhood it's that much more potent and powerful as a, as a mechanism to take you out of that really intense, perhaps it's suicidal depression, um, rage maybe, or, or whatever um, intensity you're trying to, I don't want to say control, but have some sort of support. Yeah. I like through. to use the word digest. Good. Yeah. Great word. I'm, I'm not sure if that's, the best word, but it seems to be working for me right now. But the idea is, you know, you take it in, you, you fully ingest it yeah. and then it transforms, you know, food transforms into fuel within your system after you eat it. So yeah. I've, I've kind of been going with that. And, you know, I completely agree with you. The songs that are the most meaningful are the ones that, you know, they're already in us. So being able to connect that with some purpose to do work, to do transformational work, is what we're talking about here. So as you're listening to this, I mean, it could be a song as annoyingly simple as uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. 100%. You know, it, it doesn't really matter what the content of music is. And of course, it absolutely doesn't matter what other people think about it. This is you. No, no. So, um, Please don't even, think of the most yeah, artistic uh, choice. Get that out yeah, of your head. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it doesn't have to be. And there's no need to support it with, you know, music theory or any of that other no. stuff. It's just whatever's in your heart. Yeah. You know, that's what matters. And like Chris, so I grew up reading at the Lord of the Rings. So I had no music other than what I could put with it from my clock radio, right? <laughs> and I had, I jury rigged my clock radio so that I could play cassette tapes through a better speaker. <laughs> <laughs> and I had, um, I think it was the Tchaikovsky first piano concerto. Nice. Which was most often in my head as I was reading The Hobbit or reading The Lord of the Rings. And so I, I had that 
on a slightly better speaker than the one that was in the cassette tape player, you know, the good soundtrack. I could listen that way. So it was a decent soundtrack, but it's, it's certainly nothing like the soundtrack that got into the movie versions, which is incredibly rich and diverse, right? I mm. couldn't really make any of it match up, but anyway, the song was in there. And that's really the first step is like connecting with a song and you'll have several, you know, by this time in your life, if you've grown oh, yeah. up in the world of today, there's going to be music in there. Right. And very, very few instances where there isn't any or where people just say, well, I don't like music. And you know what? That's totally cool because there are other things that have the same effect. Sounds can have the same effect. Mm -hmm. Ambient sound, sound of the wind, the forest, whatever the waves. So whatever it is that's in there, um, gives you a great advantage already because when you need it most, you don't necessarily have to get your headphones or you know turn on the stereo back in my day and put on the record and actually listen to it. Physiologically, our brains don't need to hear it in order to have the same effect. So as your brain remembers any song, fill in your song here, the physiological effects of that hit your system instantly. There's no waiting. You know, it's just like there. So Lord of the Rings, I can think of um, Concerning Hobbits, right? That beautiful little mm. whistle song. Or when the dwarves are all singing yeah. in um, Bilbo's house, right? This is from The Hobbit now. Dwarves, when they sing this amazing song, oh, I get, I get chills just, and yeah, I can I hear it in my head, right? Yeah. Oh, great stuff. So step one is find the music, you know, that you already have inside you and you remember and have it create, you know, if it's ASMR or some joy, you can see it on your face when you remember music. And you might want to try this like with a friend, sit down with a friend and say, okay, now friend, <laughs> um, what's your music? What's, what's the scariest music, you know, and you'll be able to see on their face as they sort through and start to remember, because they'll, all of a sudden there'll be this look that comes over them and it's, it'll be obvious to you that they've got it. Right. Mm. You know, and uh, obviously we're doing this audio right now, but if you ever saw this uh, video, the visual, you could see that kind of thing happening. You know, as we talk about this, you see the effect of it on somebody's face, which is pretty remarkable and proves the point that yes, just remembering it is enough, right? To, to and, and, and you have, like you mentioned too, like we, you just mentioned concerning hobbits, but that da -da -na 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 such a happy little sweet like, song, right? Such a wonderful song, and like just that one alone, like that gets me. I get, I feel the goosebumps, and then there's parts of that song where I immediately feel uh, a bit of a frog in my throat. The <laughs> throat swells a bit, a little teary eyed. Like it's almost every time I hear that, that's what it gives me. And and for those listening, these are physiological signs that you might be on the right track, or that you're definitely on the right track. Um, this is what you want to look for. So it's it's also, yeah, sure, how does it feel within your heart? But your body does all these different things yeah. to give you clues that this is having an effect on you. Yeah, thanks for expanding that. I say in my heart, but I feel like you're saying it's more of a holistic thing. Full like you body. Get, you get the emotions, you get the you get the the remembrances, your head is involved, right? You get the the physical kind of tension or whatever that comes. Yeah, you might see images in your mind, memories, almost movies playing in the brain. Who knows, right? So on the let's just use Concerning Hobbits, a song people mostly kind of know, but because that one does it for you. So the next step would be to connect that with a purpose. So what's a great purpose for, con for Concerning Hobbits? I mean, for Chris, not for anybody else in the world. but Sure. So for me, I, I mean, I've used it. I remember um, a great little example was I went on a tour uh, with these DJs almost uh, over a decade ago. And I was, um, I was uh, the videographer. So I was doing a, like a tour vlog for these DJs over from Europe. And they, uh, the culture, especially in that DJ uh, kind of niche at the very least, and this is not all DJs. But certainly the ones that I was with were not the greatest people. And I kind of felt like I was wearing a mask all week I, 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 in terms of like I wasn't myself. And I had to almost basically pretend to be another person in order just to barely fit in. And I was um, – I really did not enjoy being around those people. It felt not only ostracizing but just – filled me up with so many um, negative emotions, let's say. So I was feeling very, very homesick and I was also feeling very, very out of place and just – you know, probably similar feelings to how a lot of people have had uh, had felt maybe at a new job that they really don't like or in school um, being bullied or things like that. Like, so we're talking feelings of um, not fitting in, feelings of um, 
missing a place of comfort, let's say. Yeah. And yeah. and that's when I would put on that song and and or watch the films, of course. But that, that song would immediately bring me back to a place of like warmth, love, comfort, feels like a big hug, musical hug. And it, it almost feels maternal in a sense. And uh, yeah, I um, that's what I would use that song, specifically that song, would be to feel something of, of uh, feeling at home, feeling safe. Um, so that's that's how I would use that. And, and I think everyone can kind of extrapolate, you know, out of that, right? Sure, into whatever. I mean, it, it, it comes down to purpose. So right. someone else may have a completely different purpose for that song, but for you, that sense of returning to belonging. Yes. And I, you know, when I listen to Concerning Hobbits, there's a sort of a, um, there's a plaintive sort of mournful longing for a simpler time. Yeah, there really is. In that music. It's just that simple melody. And for me, I think, obviously we live in a world of complexity now, but when I use that song, that's a component for me too. It's like, I just wish things could be easier. right? You know what I mean? It's like that Boy. sense of, and the song totally supports that for me. It's like, you know, you know, it, it can be easier, Bill. It's l- listen to how easy this music is right now. Right. Yeah. And you just get this overwhelming release. You, I get this overwhelming release when I use the music that way. Mm which turns out to be quite similar in the way that Chris is using it too. I mean, you had a specific need at a specific moment and that created a poignant connection. I haven't really had that specific of a need for it, but now that you reminded me about it, you know, there are ways that I can slide that in. Like when, if I were in that place where I'd need to recall simplicity or just re-embody simplicity or something, I'd start, I can feel it right now. Just spin it in my head and one or two notes and I'm there mm. with all the physiology that goes with it. You know? And and that's the thing too. So for some people, I know it is a little harder for them to play the song in their mind. I think something I have to remind myself as a musician, it does come easier to us. We hear music all the time. It's kind of our language. We, we just, especially because I think we're, we, we certainly were born with that. Um, and for those, you know, who don't always have that ability to necessarily just bring up a song in your mind and play it, luckily we have technology for that. So it's just a simple search on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, whatever, whatever you're using to stream and, um, and, and just quickly look it up and, and throw it on and see, see how it feels. And then once you've listened to it, perhaps that's something you can hum along and, and put it into your brain. So if you can't pull it up initially, pull it up online as we all can now and then, and then try to put it in the brain for when you're not in a position to be able to listen to it, perhaps. And maybe you're even in the middle of a conversation that you're really not feeling great about and you really want some quick hit of uh, whether it's simplicity or comfort, let's just say, and uh, kind of loop that. <laughs> yeah, just loop it. You know? I used to listen to Zig Ziglar and there were tapes. We actually had tapes. And early on in his sort of, list of things to listen to, he would say, I expect you're going to listen to these tapes 16 times. And that stuck with me, you know, way back in the eighties or something. Turns out now we've got neuroscience to put a new neural pathway into play, like to make it durable. You have to repeat the practice that got that pathway there 16 times. Interesting. And, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, here's this number again. I don't know what the significance of the number doesn't matter, but the idea is with practice, anyone can do this, right? And I, if you haven't looked for Zig Ziglar in a while, look around because that guy taught more people to be successful than, you know, a whole lot of other folks out there who were peddling whatever it is that's been peddled since him. And a lot of it had to do with, with sheer dumb practice, right? Re- repetition over and over. And it's not about getting it right. That's not the point here. That's that no. introducing judgment. No, it's just the the sheer repetition of it that makes it happen. You know that, and I know that as musicians, we practice and we do that so that we get it right. You know, we learn how we teach our fingers and stuff to do these things. But the mind is the one that's really uh, got all the neuroscience going on. The muscle memory is there. Yeah, that's fine. But it's it's the direction, you know, mm. the, the traffic cop that's making it all fly needs 16 attempts at it before it becomes durable and you can go back and rely on it. So. 
yeah, what you're saying is uh, is is so right. Just listen, right? And it may be that this is a part of you that you haven't explored yet. And as you begin to explore it, you'll recognize things and the lights will come on and you'll go, oh my gosh, <laughs> Bill and Chris aren't crazy. This is actually happening for me. And, and, you'll, and again, uh, you'll know because you'll know your body's going to tell you. Your right? body's going to tell you, right. It's not us saying it. It's, yeah. it's your own body saying yes. And, and you'll feel it. And you know all of these things will come home to you in, in a very beautiful and to use it. $20 word, a heuristic way, right? So you're learning mm. by experience because you have your own feedback, you have your own self-feedback mechanism. It says, right. Right. it's like sticking your hand in the, don't do this. It's like sticking your hand in the fire though. You go, oh, that's hot. I'm not going to do that, right? So you learn something heuristically. So um, the, the beautiful thing in Stranger Things is that uh, this character is unable to do anything to intervene for themselves. And of course, it's a plot point, but it's a really important one to notice because even though the song was in there and we got it, we, if you're going to watch this for the first time, watch from the beginning again, and you'll see they're teasing the song. They're teasing running up that hill a couple of times, right? So that, you know, by the time that they use it in the scene, that it's a song that has meaning for the character, right? At some level, whether it's in there or not. The other interesting thing is that the character is reminded of the music. They're in a place where they literally have no agency. And it's their friends that find the song and put it in the Walkman and put the headphones on their head so that they can offer this lifeline. You know what? The, I'm sorry, Bill. Uh, you, you know, you reminded me of um, the movie Inception, where yes. how they get them out of that dream state. Then they yes. know that they're about, about to leave that level of reality in the dream. What do they do? They put the headphones on the characters and play that classical music. It's not and a new concept, they, right? Not, I just thought of that right now. I'm so like, glad you reminded me of that, Chris. Oh, man. That's another right? good pop culture reference for music altering your state of consciousness and, and literally acting as – like this is a very sophisticated supposed technology in this movie Inception of, of, of literally putting ideas into someone's deep subconscious through dream manipulation and – what are they doing at the end of the day to get out of that reality? Is it something fancy? No, it's it's literally putting music into the people's ears. Into, so, you know, and this is pop culture, sure, but we both know there's so much science behind this power of music. Like, it bypasses so much of the conscious mind. Uh, and, of course, interacts with the conscious mind, but it goes so deep into your subconscious and yeah. does so, 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 so much that we can't even fathom. Um, that it's clearly a mechanism that works for so many, so many things, almost it's like infinite what you can really apply music to. And, I, and I'm curious to see how that evolves the more that we open up to these things, just as we're opening up to alternative healing through, you know, psychedelics and stuff. Music as well is just, it's, it's an incredibly potent tool and we've only been using it for entertainment at least yep. in the last century or so. Yeah. And so like, I, I'm so excited to see where the heck that goes. I've experienced a bit of it with my one-on-one -on -one healing sessions now where I'm literally having to on the spot, write music for my clients and whatever their situation is that they're going through that they want relief from, or they want insight and expansion from whatever that is. I'm having to write the 432 hertz tune music so that we're going to, you know, obviously resonate with the cells a bit more harmoniously, all that jazz, but then go in after I've brought them into a very deep state of relaxation. So their subconscious is more programmable, more open, right? Uh, yeah. Just like an inception, they're in this deep, relaxed, like they've been um, in the movie, they're, I guess, drugged to get into that, like they're completely comatose. So they're in like a deep delta state and and when i'm doing this with the clients i'm i'm actually using the binaural beats to put them into that those different states so for example the delta waves and ironically my last session last week i in, i introduced the delta waves for the first time and she went deeper than she ever did coincidentally or not i we think we can both understand it's not a coincidence because those things really do work um but again it's the music is i'm using it to influence them and and in and using it to uh using it for an outcome a desired outcome and what 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 i think is really interesting about that is just that like we're getting into this it's like functional music music with a purpose like you yes. can do so 
much more than entertainment's wonderful, but you can do so much more than that with music. It's uh, it, it's it's I I think in who knows even in the next five ten years, but let alone the next couple decades. Like, what is music going to become? Do you what do you think it's going to become? You know? I just I feel at this moment like we're our appreciation of music as a healing tool is the analog of when surgery was bloodletting, you know, right. We're just that new at it. And we know that it does some of this stuff and, you know, science has been able to offer us some support. Tiny bit. Yeah. Tiny bit, but there's so much further to go. And, and science is very concerned with, with healing. You know, it's not like they don't care about that stuff, but Chris and I are here talking about consciousness and in our paradigm in the paradigm in which we're working, healing flows as a result of the transformation of consciousness. So, we're not just out there, you know, like play this music and the cancer cells will die. And there's right. nothing wrong with that, but it's such a bonehead basic kind of application, right? What music do you choose? You don't even need music. You just need a, a particular frequency, right? It's, it's, it's so basic. And we're talking about the complexity of healing music, you know, and, and choosing a pitch value that aligns more. Pro- you know, these are all incredible things. And somewhere down the road from here, They'll all just be givens. <laughs> you yeah, know? this will be basic. And, and, you know, people know that. But the the end of the day is that wonderful things like individuality are so much a part of this space anymore. Uh, we don't longer have you know aspirin that works well for twenty five out of a hundred people, or and calling that good. You know, we have something that we really don't want to predict how well it can work. We what we want to encourage is the engagement. Right. Mm. So the willing engagement of your client, you know, to come in and go that deep is a big component of this. It's it's a huge part. I I tell her this every every week where I'm just like, you are the reason that you're healing. I'm uh, I'm assisting to some degree here. But and we know this through quantum mechanics, the the classic double slit experiment where, you know, it's all about the observer. It's it's the entire your all of our entire reality is based off of what is going on within you. It's got nothing to do with me or anybody else. Like we are merely just reflections and um, really just echoes of one major consciousness in, in our respective realities. And my reality is very different than Bill's reality, than my parents' reality, than anyone else's reality. Everyone's reality is, is specifically tailored to the individual experiencing that reality. And so with quantum mechanics, we know from scientific experiments from back in like the bloody 40s, I think, like is when that's not, it's not a new science at all. Yet it's not taught in school still, which is really interesting. But anyway, (laughs) that's all other can of worms. But it's, it, all it does is really prove that, you know, basically one belief is everything. Um, belief truly is, and that's not a religious statement, although of course it's used in many religions, but it's not a religious statement. This is science. Belief is everything. If you perceive something to be some way, then that's kind of how it is. It doesn't even make it right or wrong. It just is that way for you and your reality. So with music, it goes back to if we're going to start thinking of how to make a a therapeutic practice for your music, the number one most important thing, even outside of the music, is you and your belief in it actually working. If you go into this exercise that we're, you know, offering you guys and don't believe for one second it's going to work, then that is exactly what's going to happen. Yep. It won't work for you. Yep. And and we know this through so many other things. Like I even have family members who have gone through uh, cancer and chemo and the ones who have the classic cliche positive attitude always do better, always, because they believe they're going to do better. Yeah. And then they yeah. do do better. And they have just the same odds, if not sometimes worse odds, and the people who are freaking out, stressing, rightfully so, obviously, you're, you know, but still, like, that is the thing is that we have to realize it truly is mind over matter with everything. So it goes into this musical modality, too. But since Bill and myself truly believe so deeply in music and the healing power of music, well, guess what? That's why it works for us so well. And of course, there's other things going on, vibrations, frequencies, everything like that, that are important. But number one most important thing, in my opinion, is is you the experiencer and your belief of it yeah. working or not intention is what i'd say is everything yeah. you know if, if you believe that's great so bring that to an experiment for yourself you know maybe it's sadness uh, i i really do want to say try this at home it's very safe the thing that yeah. isn't safe is if you happen to lose control and then go and let's say you're working on self-harm and 
and you're not getting the results that you want and you're still feeling a need to harm yourself, but call the hotline, you know, just explain what's going on. Don't, yeah. don't take it to the, to a physical harm place. That's reach not out point. to somebody, reach out to somebody. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get a new national, uh, I think it's called nine eight eight here in about mid July in the United States, you dial nine eight eight and you'll be connected to a psychological response emergency team. So, Good. uh, behavioral health, mental health, that kind of stuff. Um, we'll have our own hotline for that. Don't know what it is in camp, but it doesn't matter. I, what, what I'm advocating here is to try this. I mean, seriously, do something that's a little bit, you know, out of your norm, but that's something that bugs you all the time. Like I'm always bugged and my neighbors make too much noise at night. How do I deal with that? Right? Uh, right. Maybe there's a music for that and put it in your ears and then find the compassion that you need or whatever your way forward. I don't, I'm not going to put any expectations in this, but find the music that works, that lets you have the restful sleep that you need in spite of whatever is going around you, you know, and, and do that kind of thing. You don't have to go to the upside down, <laughs> you know, although the shadow journey Inception. is one possible use for music like this, you know, absolutely. It's, it's a big one. Big time. So, and, um, and, and look at how the, the world has set us up for success, Chris. Look, there, there was a time where music was expensive and you could only get it if you had equipment that could, you know, reproduce it. And from the big Victrolas that you crank down to LPs and now CDs <laughs> and, you know, now we can get music streaming anywhere and people kind of get it that music is a useful thing. And now we're taking it to the next level. Like as a society, we're taking it to the next level, whatever that might be, <laughs> right? And I, and I think you hit on a really great, another experiment people can do, another really good takeaway, which is something that we can all relate to, especially in this, and especially in this current climate right now, which is like agitation, getting getting aggravated by something that is happening on your in your, in your external world, which I meant to be, be gentle about that, but- I, I meant to also include all the crazy. <laughs> yeah, all, and, right? and we're surrounded by the crazy. Yeah, and uh, and I'm sure I'm part of the crazy too sometimes. But well, like me we're, too. yeah, definitely. You know, like, but the crazy is out there. We we are consumed by it, especially in mass media. So we've got lots of reasons to be agitated. A lot of reasons to be um, annoyed, provoked, similar feelings of that nature. Great experiment to start to fi find music that works with that one. Because that's something that we're all going through that at one point or another, getting so pissed off about something, right? Yeah. And take, when take that happens, rage or anxiety or frustration or just some, whatever it is, some frustration is a great one. You know, thing and say, okay, it's my frustration music, and you grab Metallica or whatever it is, you know, that it, works. Yeah. Find that and and find and find the ones that like. And I think there's even several different categories of this too. We could really dig into this, which is like there's the ones like <laughs> let's say Metallica or the dubstep that allows you to like. Feel that anger, feel that frustration, and like yeah. sometimes that's what you, you need. Frustration with Democrats, frustration <laughs> with Green. Party. Name a like, name a topic that divides people, which is basically everything right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> find a song for it, and find one that like there's going to be a one that like allows you to feel the emotions viscerally. And I, when I mean that, like again, a dubstep or a um, a, a heavy rock like Metallica kind of yeah. song is going to allow you to feel that aggression in a very palpable, obvious way. But then find a contrasting piece for the same emotion that helps you come into a calmer state. Maybe after you get the aggression out with the Metallica, what is a song that can then bring you into a more Zen peace loving state? And it's got to have a transition, of course. Maybe it is. Who knows? Experiment with this and let us know. Does it make sense to start off with the Metallica? Get that aggression. Get that anger. Move that body. Get the fist pumping. Whatever you yeah, need to digest. do. Digest. And then what do you do after digest? Well, you relax. So then how do you relax? What's the music that can take you out of that? Maybe it's not. you're not in pure meditation yet, but maybe you're listening to a more chill electronica song or, or something, right? That maybe has still a bit more of a beat, but is very chill and soothing. And I, I have one song I know for myself that I've used a couple of times to really help myself calm uh, from more of an anxiety standpoint. Um, but I've used it actually sometimes on um, difficult psychedelic journeys where I need to come down from something really uh, challenging yeah, yeah. or uh, things like that. Uh, there's actually festivals out there that have tents specifically for uh, people that are having really rough trips, rough times, and they're playing the most zen, zen, zen music always because it's like trying to, it helps basically. It so helps. I have a great song by an electronica band called uh, Boards of Canada. And it's beautiful because it starts off with like a, the the water lapping in on the on the the beach, and then this gorgeous acoustic guitar, and then a cool beat comes in. And there's like birds chirping, and it's just it's so 
it, 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 that works. That's like my concerning hobbits, my Lord of the Rings equivalent for something that gets me out of really extreme anxiety. And I've used it definitely many times before with great effect. And so, so see where you can, this is great because you just gave me these ideas, Bill. It's just like, yeah, like there's probably multiple types of music that work for the same emotion. Oh, sure. And then yeah. maybe, maybe it's a combo. Maybe you use like three songs to kind of get you from one place to another and then down to that like calm, peaceful, love-based. Well, I, I actually teach four songs, but. Um, oh, that's right. I, I love that you concluded it this way because yes, you, unlike in Stranger Things where the character is bam, back and back in action, there is this necessary place of sort of integration is the word that we like to use. Yes. So we'll, we'll take a psychedelic term and apply it back to music. So after giving yourself this opportunity to digest the stuff that's, you know, that's causing you a stomach ache <laughs> um, and eliminate that, then you're off to this place. Well, now what, you know, I have a choice and choosing to put yourself back into uh, the effect you need and if you're coming off a bad trip that you're going to need a different kind of effect than if you're just like getting rid of road rage, you know, and, yeah. and you arrive at the office, so there's a different kind of a purpose there and finding the music that fits in those kind of situations is good. And, and we're not talking about here about this giant playlist of 20 songs. That's random. We're being very specific, you know, like there's the song that does the digesting for you. And then there's the song that brings you back to whatever the next thing is. You know? mm. And wouldn't it be nice if we all got to come back into a completely blissed out, relaxing state every time. But I know real life, it isn't quite like that, right? Exactly. So you might need to play Metallica, the guy that, you know, cut you off in traffic and then follow that up with, I don't know, nine to five or whatever, you know, some song that gets you into business mode again, you know, right. ready to meet the clients and talk, take to the boss and whatever else. Something inspirational maybe or whatever, yeah, right? Energize, you know, a different energy. Yeah like yeah. taking the energy from one and kind of redirecting. So you make this really good point. So I'll, I'll kind of put it all together as far as I've got here. So um, first of all, the song you love, second, connected to the purpose for it. Yeah. Third, after the listening experience is taking an, another song you love that gets you back into the lane, mm. you know, where you, where you need to be for whatever, and the lane could be sleep, right? I'm good with that. Could be blissed out relaxation, or it could be more active. You may have to go back into a meeting or something, you know, after recovering from being all pissed off before the break. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's like real world stuff on this. So I'm really curious to see how Stranger Things offers us the third bit, you know. And they've done this very skillfully. If you've been watching Stranger Things, you'll know there's been music involved in a very beautiful way before that's literally solve the, the world's problems. Like it's kept the world from being, you know, swallowed up by the uh, upside down. But mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm very curious in this season, how they're going to write it so that that third aspect of music that you just brought in happens, mm. right? So that there's that resolution that takes place. And clearly they're going to make us wait for that. <laughs> As they do with anything in those, those entertainment realms. I have a question too, Bill, you know, for you with your, with your business music care, right? When you're, you just mentioned that you usually use four songs. So yeah, I'd yeah. love, to, I'd love to hear like, because this is really right up your alley with, with like um, a case study. You don't have to obviously mention anyone's name, but like an example of when you've given one of your clients like this, these songs to help them with a particular issue and like the feedback that came back later. Like, do you have any examples of that? Like that, oh, what? Yeah, that I come do. up to you? Yeah. Um, so people who work with me generally learn how to do what I call a silver bullet playlist. And the silver bullet playlist mirrors the, the, so, the sort of stories that we all like. So once upon a time, the introduction, that's your song one. Okay. There was a da-da-da-da-da-da-da living in a baby blade that sort of sets the stage. And that's your song two. So you get your introduction and you get sort of a buildup, right? And it, it builds up and it builds up and finally comes to a climax where, you know, dragons are slayed or other exciting things happen in the story. Right. And that's like your third song. And then the fourth song is the one you mentioned about how you just sort of happily ever after you let it come back down to a place where life returns to normal, conclusion right? Conclusion. The conclusion. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of build up to this climax and then drop back down. And if you graph that, it makes a lovely curve. If you're sitting at a desk right now, grab a pencil, just try, just make one of those bell curve kind of yeah. figures on your desk and you'll see exactly how stories work. And good music is that way too. You yeah. know, it's a story arc, and and music has an arc like that. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it starts out slow, it builds up, and it gets to a climax, and then it 
falls back. Uh, not all music does that, but generally speaking, uh, that therapeutic experience of telling your own emotional story with four songs in a playlist like that can be very beneficial. And I've had all kinds of response from that. I don't have to go into it now. I don't want to make this into some pitch or something. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. That, but I, I'm asking you. I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Like, what? What? Just a little snippet. Like, what have some people said? Like, what have they come back and said to you? Oh, sure. So, um, one of the the basic comments about this understanding that people know inside. It's like we've all we all have that inside there. We love stories. But understanding how that applies to music is something that's like, oh gosh, I'd never understood that there can be an end to my sadness. You know, and by practicing the 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 digestion, I guess that it is just in process. What a terrible name for it! I've got to come up with a better name. Yeah, but, but it makes sense. It makes sense. But you know, like practicing with the four songs that you choose that take you through that arc is a way of being able to give yourself a holistic and and a very sort of personal, but also widely understood experience that has a beginning and a middle and an end. You know, with an intent. So often the intent is healing. Uh, recovering from sadness is a difficult one. Um, I found this same kind of thing for myself when I was doing uh, suicide work. Mm. And the song that I chose has that same arc in it. And that's one of the things that helped me to digest the experience and choose to keep breathing. You know? mm. So uh, it could be one song or it could be four. Um, I've had people say that psychedelic playlists that lasts four to six hours have that kind of effect on them as well. So there's a curated okay. playlist that takes them through that journey. And um, oftentimes uh, I think that the psychedelic journey is one where you have to give up a lot of your agency and yes. the music can help guide that so that your experience is, is structured in a way that is subconsciously beneficial for you. But that's the same thing as using a four song uh, Silver Bullet playlist because you know you have the list, you know you have the music, but your subconsciousness takes over to do the digestion and transformation, if you will. Right. So, um, and, and this right. can happen at any level of understanding. You don't have to have an advanced music degree or anything. You just have to be able to feel <laughs> and the depth of feeling that happens. But the other hmm. thing is, that I wanted to say about that is oftentimes you'll get insight you didn't know you had, you know? Very true. Something deep inside where you say, Oh my gosh, you know, I've been working on uh, jealousy as a good one. I've been working on this jealousy playlist for a while. And all of a sudden, I've found a depth of trust in myself that I never had before. Wow. You know, just from allowing jealousy to speak, you know, or allowing terror to speak, mm -hmm. you know, as sometimes we need it to in dreams. So, this safe uh, navigation, if you will, of these big feelings. Uh, is something that music is amazing for and often allows us in a way that we wouldn't normally do if we were like completely all left-brained about it. Yeah. Oh, big time. It really engages that intuition to help guide the, the digestion and the transformation of those feelings. So that's just a couple of quick examples. You know, and it made me think of music as a, it's like a sonic container for, yes. Yes. for whatever you're going through. And I love that you say that. I, I've, I've started using that um, when I've been playing at some um, psilocybin mushroom ceremonies where I'm playing for about four hours usually, even though, of course, mushrooms go a little bit longer, but the main ceremony and journey is about four. And, uh, and I'm honestly going pretty much nonstop throughout that. And it, because in, and sometimes like, the practitioners I've worked with are like, you know, you, you can stop, Chris. Like, you don't have to go the whole time. I'm like, I know, but it feels almost wrong because I feel like I'm holding everyone, sonically speaking. And the practitioners are guiding and doing all the beautiful things they're doing. But with the music, it's just, it's a sonic container. And the second it stops, I feel like the container's gone. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want it to stop. There's other, of course, ways I can work around that, but that's not, that's not the point of the story. The point is that, Music creates a, a sonic, almost a physical and metaphysical sonic container for you, whatever journey you're going through emotionally. And it gives you, it also creates like, it's a sonic container for, for anything, for you're, you're having a party, a party without music sucks, you know, like 
if you don't have any music playing at a party, it's like, what is, what is what kind of a, what a terrible party is that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and be, why really is it, ju- is there a reason though specifically for that? Well, I think it's because again, it creates this container for socializing and for fun and for laughter and for love and all the other things that come out of that. It's the same even when you're getting intimate with a partner, like uh, a sex playlist is actually yes. really fantastic. Like if you've got, not the not good music playing for having some sexy times coming after a date or something it can destroy the mood oh yeah you know versus if you've got a really like seductive like sensual nice like some good r&b or some whatever some like tribal cool i don't know so whatever music gets you going because it's really dependent on the the people but that can just enhance the mood essentially speaking like astronomically and all of a sudden you're having this amazing experience and you didn't exactly do anything extra other than just put on the the music and you're like why is everything so awesome and 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 raunchy right now it's great you're like oh it's because the music's kind of dictating that mood when you really tap into it so i mean we're talking this is a container for name it name a thing and music can can work with it right you know it's really cool my wife and i each have this practice and our individual practices are, are amazing and then when we bring them together all of a sudden it's not just one and one making two it's it's two squared it's like wow there's an exponentialization of what you can do with this when you start to do it together mm. And and that is a really cool unexplored realm for these things as well. Um, everybody knows what that feels like. You've ever been to a rave or been to a concert? Everybody's singing along or whatever. That's it. That's yeah. like everybody has gotten that message yeah. right there, right? Yeah. And um, I know we call those effects of music spiritual, but they're probably measurable at some point. They're definitely related to consciousness and music just makes that happen. It's so well. The, cool. the endorphins for sure would be, oh, yeah. you, can me- you can measure those for sure. Yeah. I we mean- can take everybody's dopamine and serotonin level, <laughs> you know, have everybody wear a, you know, like one of those net those, helmets. Um, and measure. Yeah. 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 Do all of that. And just, I mean, it, it would blow away the scientists. You know, we wouldn't know how to interpret the data for a long time, but at least they have data to work with. <laughs> still right? data. Yeah. It's still data. So, um, so your science boys be, uh, be all happy about that. And, and, you know, 20 years from now, they can tell us what was really going on. <laughs> Basically get a supercomputer to figure it, get a quantum computer to figure it out for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And well, um, I, Hey, I know we're long on this, but, um, it would be fun to explore some of the intersection, uh, practices of music. And you mentioned a really good one, just picking a Salix, uh, a playlist for sex. Right? Yeah. That is yeah. a great exercise. Yeah. Um, because you get to know one another in a way that you wouldn't any other way over music. It's right? powerful. It's, it's really so powerful. powerful. It's like I, I have marveled and it's something I've spent some time with over the years because I really did put energy into curating and it depended on my partner at the time yeah, too. Yeah, of course, right? It's Obviously. A, it's, a, uh, it's a collaborative experience. <laughs> well, it is in every sense, right? In every sense and why not? In every not? sense. But it, but it is, uh, it's something that I think most people don't Mm, always I, I think people do but most of the time it's not uh, taken too much into consideration and for those listening that's a very fun experiment that you can also to maybe uh, counteract some of the perhaps challenges or heaviness that you might encounter on these other experiments we've talked about getting out of rage getting out of um, these let's call them negative emotions for lack yeah. of a better term yeah. Um, which I don't believe in that because all of the emotions we experience are very, very important. And we, they, they're all here to give us information at the end of the day. But this could be a very fun one is a sex playlist. Go for it. Knock yourself out. Have some fun with it. But also tap into it and see, see how the mood is enhanced before and after. Sure. Yeah. So and how really, specific you know? songs. I mean, you could test specific yes. songs. Yeah. And if you really want to get like, you know, scientific with this. Uh, try to do the four song silver bullet playlist. You won't need four songs. You might need 40 or whatever, depending on how long it takes you to get there. But right. um, the idea of, you know, once upon a time followed by the build followed by the, you know, and then something amazing happens and then there's a release Yeah, that, that, that same story arc. That sounds like a great sexual experience too. Right. right? I mean, it's, it's this story arc. It's the hero's journey. It's like, it it's the, as above, so below it explains every, almost every, aspect of our reality really goes in that uh that arc that you talked about that that bell curve it's it's fascinating it is totally fascinating 
and when you once you start to see that curve, you'll see that curve everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. You know, and in stock market uh, graphs, in yeah, you'll see the, the human form. You'll see it like just in all these places, and you realize yeah. how fundamental that particular experience is to human being. It's reality. It's, it's crazy. Really amazing. It's even crazy. in the Big Bang. You'll love that. And the Taurus, yeah, the Taurus, the rotation of the Taurus, whatever, all of all of this stuff, it's all at the the motion of the galaxies. If you graph oh it that way, you get this giant explosion followed by a very rapid collapse. Right. So, um, <laughs> so look out, people! Oh, oh, train's coming. This is this is why we call the podcast "Music Healing and Consciousness" because <laughs> yes. we really do go <laughs> goes deep sometimes. Uh, I love it. Oh man, how are we going to get out of this one? No, we 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 haven't really finished, but um, well, I think we got some good while, we, so. we got some assignments. We got some good assignments for people, assignments. Uh, or call it whatever, whatever, maybe a more fun term. Some things to go play with, some things to experiment oh, with. <clears throat> yep. um, and please let us know how this goes for you. So, Bill, what did we talk about specifically? We got um, the so, four song. Yeah, find a song Silver you love. Bullet. You know, cl- connect that with a purpose. Um, learn it if you haven't learned it yet. If it's not in there already, you know, you can do that. And then release, right? So you can do that with one song or a whole bunch of them. Um, I happen to like four just because it's simple to teach, but in real world terms, sometimes it takes longer than four songs. Unless like, I have a four song playlist that lasts an hour and a half, but that's me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. One yeah, song takes 45 minutes. And so uh, whatever works for you, it's not about duration or time, it's about what gets into you, right? Can make makes it work. And then do that with your partner and, and um, play around with that and see how. Have happens. some fun. Have right? some fun with that. Have some fun. And 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 really let your body be a, a huge um, gauge for yes, for how well this said. works. So when you're when you're trying to find the song that works um, for any of these things we talked about that you want to help have some relief or some support with, let your body be the deciding factor. If if nothing's happening, it's probably not the right one. Change if, the song. A, if any response is happening, start to take notice to it. Maybe it's not the right response. But then take note of the response, and maybe it's going to be good song for a different purpose, not the one you were initially looking at it. But then log that away in the archives for something else later. Because I'm telling you, if your body responds, there's something going on. Something's and you know happening. what? If you're feeling hurt or worried or concerned as you're doing this process, then stop. Uh, there's no need to put your push yourself beyond where your body wants to go. No, no. You know, it's not like holding your breath like Wim Hof for ten minutes or whatever. If you can't. Hold your breath for ten minutes. There's no shame in not breathing that you know that way. So, feel the same for music, you know. And if a song is really working with you, and you're feeling it, and you're okay with the emotions that you're feeling, great. But the moment they get too much, all I have to do is turn off the music, and then put on something else. You like convert yourself into some other thing, and and you're gonna be fine. Yeah, or turn off music altogether. Go into nature and just yeah, or nature, just listen, listen to the outdoors or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, anything. Or listen to this podcast again. This will this this will you know help your beautiful transformational journey just come to an immediate halt. <laughs> right. <laughs> just be listening. To us talking here. Talking about psilocybin <laughs> and everything else under the planet. Basically, I mean, to be honest, though, I uh, sometimes I love listening to podcasts as a therapeutic background sometimes i'm i'm not even fully paying attention to it but it's just nice to have a voice yeah, in the like, background it's what's weird. that song mumbles where it's just blah, 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 blah. music <laughs> right but you don't have to hear the words <laughs> yeah it's soothing it's soothing like it's whatever you know as my some of my fo- favorite yoga uh, practitioners say it's like make the practice work for you yeah that's we're, it. Give, that's right. we're giving you some suggestions it's always up to you and you know better than anybody what works best for you. We're, yeah. We are not the gurus. You are the guru always, no matter who's giving you information. Always check in with yourself and how you feel about it. And then go from there because ultimately you are always the best judge of what works best for you. Yes. Yes. And and Chris and I totally trust you to know that. And you're not alone. If you ever need to, we're here for you. There's lots Absolutely. of resources. So um, reach out You know, if you're having a terrible psychedelic trip. Find Fireside. They're amazing. 24-7, people standing by you can chat or talk to. So it's isn't it great, the world that we're in right now? I, I didn't even know that, Bill. I mean, that's awesome. See, that every time that's I so hear cool. things like that, I, I, know we're, I know we're moving in a good direction despite 
what um, other people and, and major uh, institutions might be saying. <laughs> yeah, despite I, all the anxiety, we need to listen to music to resolve. <laughs> right? I know. Despite everything, I swear to God, we're moving in a good direction. I swear. Yeah. It feels that way, right? It really it does. does. It really it does. does. These are just the growing pains for us right now. That's yeah, and, and they're survival. I mean, we're going to make it, right? We are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So should we wrap it up? or uh, Let's wrap it up. No, I think that's good. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And yes. like we've been saying, make this practice work for you and, and have fun with it. And um, again, let us know what, uh, what, what goes on for you. And if there's any other questions or things you want us to talk about, please let us know in uh, whatever way you can, depending on what platform you're listening to this on. But we always have our contact information in the show notes. So go ahead and reach out to Bill or myself. And we'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, if you have suggestions for future topics, that's a great thing that we would love to hear as well from you. So thank you again. And um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything there, Bill. No, just to join Chris and thanks. It's This is such an incredible thing to be able to talk to you all and uh, for you to listen this long to uh, to us talking about what we do. And, and we're here. You know, we are here for you. So find us if you need us. Find other resources if they help. Just don't ever stop. Just keep on doing this music thing. It's a great journey, man. Isn't it though? It's the best journey. It's my favorite one. So I'll, I'll stay on it. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Thank you for listening in on our conversation and for taking time to show your appreciation with a like, share, or subscribe. Discussions of music, healing, and consciousness is a practice of spontaneity and we welcome your comments, ideas, and questions. There are ways to connect with us in the show notes, so let us hear from you. Until next time, this is Bill Protzman along with Chris Noble wishing you great musical health. Samara Huchaya!